Millions of people around the world have lost their jobs due to the pandemic. In Canada alone, that's about 3 million people. While some jobs are starting to come back, many are not. This has obviously been devastating for many Canadian families. Despite that, this conversation is quite positive. Now that life is starting to look a little more like it was, our guest this episode encourages those who are looking for work to be ready for the opportunities that will come. Career counseling expert Norman Abinson says that this is a traumatic experience as well as an unemployment experience. He recognizes that looking for a job can be a job in itself. He talks with us about having hope and staying positive, the importance of mattering in your life and work, and shares some tips for those dealing with a layoff. I'm Michael Bassett, and welcome to Bright Future. My guest this episode is Dr. Norman Amundsen, Professor in Counseling Psychology, Faculty of Education at the University of British Columbia, Canada. Dr. Amundsen has spent his life working to understand how to help people create rewarding careers and how to recover when a career suffers a setback. He has published over 100 journal articles and several books on creating great careers and effective workplaces. In his research, Norman emphasizes the importance of creativity, imagination, hope, cultural awareness, and action as a career counseling strategy. In addition to his academic activities, Dr. Amundsen has worked with many organizations in the public and private sector. Norman, welcome to Bright Future. Thank you. The pandemic and the economic shutdown has thrown millions of Canadians out of work. You've dedicated your life's research to helping people to manage and recover from unemployment and create meaningful career paths. In your research, what are the common experiences that people have when they lose their job? When we started our research, the focus was on the emotional and cognitive experience that people were going through. And we were looking at things like loss reactions, burnout. I worked with a colleague from UBC, Dr. Bill Borgen, and the two of us came to the conclusion that there was something called an emotional roller coaster. That's how we described it that was going on. And you can imagine when you're unemployed, you get a new possibility, a new opportunity, you go quite high, you get quite excited about it. And then it doesn't work out. And so then the plunge downward. And this kind of roller coaster effect was happening quite a bit emotionally. And people were feeling like they were losing control. That was our initial read on the unemployment experience. And that became quite widely used in Canada and internationally. Unemployment in the pandemic is probably a lot like unemployment before, but like everything else is so different. What is your analysis of the situation that people are facing today? Well, I think it is different. I think that's really an important point is the fact that this is something we've never experienced before. And it really takes the unemployment experience and kind of heightens it. I would almost argue that we have a trauma event here. This is more like a traumatic experience on top of a regular unemployment experience. In that trauma, you get all the different reactions and feelings and so on, this out of control, disorientation, all of this. The reason I think it's a trauma is I think it was so unforeseen. People talk about being blindsided 
or somebody just knocked the feet out from under me, or I'm caught in this terrific storm. They didn't see it coming. And I think that's the piece. When you're going to be unemployed, you're sitting there thinking, well, maybe something might happen. You have this gradual entry with the pandemic. It was just quick and unforeseen. And also, at the time of recording this interview, we really don't know where it's headed. We've got an idea, a hope, but it has its own life and it's uh, something that has to be taken into account. This idea of career paths and the unplanned nature of the layoffs that happened, millions of people, many of which are out of work, not by any performance related issue, nothing. It has everything to do with the shutdown. Does that have a higher toll as it relates to your sense of where your career is going? I think it does. I think because you didn't do anything wrong. The first thing people start asking themselves is, what did I do? We all have this sense of agency that we have caused something, that we are directing our path. And then there's, what could I have done different? And for many people, there's nothing they could have done different. They were just caught up in this wave of pandemic health crisis that they couldn't have avoided. And they may have, you know, got the right education, been in a good field, according to all the experts, et cetera, and yet find themselves completely on their back with it. And does that have any impact on how they're going to be able to recover from this and get their careers back on track? Is this more of a detour or are all unemployment situations detours? Well, they're all in some ways a detour. I think that's a good way of putting it. I think the first thing that people have to recognize is the fact that it's not your fault to normalize the situation, to say, you know, the fact that you're feeling a little bit, a lot, probably not a little bit, a lot disoriented by all of this and confused, and that's normal. That's what you would, anybody would feel that kind of reaction in this situation, which is not of your causing. There's a fellow by the name of H.B. Galat who talks about a concept he calls positive uncertainty. He says, we live in an age of paradox. And what you're talking about is the uncertainty, you know, the feeling like, where are we going with this? What's going to happen? But he would say, at the same time as you have all this uncertainty, we have to be positive. We have to get back on our feet. We have to navigate the storm not deny the storm. It's not like to pretend something isn't happening. But essentially what we have to do is hold both of these in our hands at the same time. And it's this paradox. And you see it with so many different concepts that are coming up now. The chaos theory, the planned happenstance. They're all aspects of positive uncertainty. You have to be positive. You have to take control of the situation in a situation which is kind of uncontrollable. What are your recommendations as it relates to taking some control or being positive? I think there's a number of things that people can do, and they basically relate to our human needs. We have to take care of ourselves as humans. And what are those needs? Well, the first is security. We have to have a sense of who we are. And that means the financial aspect of getting a part-time job, survival job, whatever you need to do educating yourself further, planning something different. We need that kind of approach. 
but there's also the relationship community that we live in. We need to not withdraw, but in a sense to move forward towards people. And that comes through volunteering. It comes through connecting with positive people, people who are build you up and who are encouraging. Look around you. Who are the ones that are encouraging you? And that's the kind of folk you want to connect with. And then there's finding meaning and purpose. We want that in our lives. We need it in our lives. And we need to be doing things that are kind of worthwhile. In the job search area, they used to talk about the fact that looking for a job is a job. And in some ways, that's what we need to get absorbed in. The interesting thing we found in our earlier research was the fact that doing this in a group context was actually some of the most helpful ways of surviving this because you were with people, you're engaged in a task, there was some meaning to your activity. It's that kind of thing. Last but not least is structure. One of the things that for many of us working gives you a structure, it tells you when you have lunch, when you're going to have breaks, it gives you an order to your day. And one of the things that happens with unemployment or any period where you're cast adrift from that is you have to do it yourself. And it's real easy to get into some bad habits of sleeping in till 10 or 11 and then getting up and then it takes half an hour to brush your teeth, ordering yourself, finding some kind of a ordered a structure. People who run their own businesses, the entrepreneurs, they have to set a structure for themselves. But for many of us, we've let the organization define that for us. I feel like a lot of these lessons are applicable whether you've lost your job or not. We're all working from home, isolated, really with only the people who are in our homes. Yeah, now. yeah. And the idea of maintaining positivity and hope, I guess, is really difficult as you start to play through what could happen here. How are we going to get back to normal? How are we going to... Yeah, get into that idea of imagination and we need positive imagination. And what we often have is negative imagination, which is the worry and the despair, imagining the worst. But we have to start focusing on the positive imagination and that creative side of us, that new way of looking at things in a different context. And in a sense, preparing and standing ready for the times when the opportunities will emerge. Because that's the problem, is that if we're not ready, if we allow ourselves to kind of drift downward, and that happens for many people after three to six months, they start drifting in, into this space of, oh, well, it doesn't matter, who cares, etc. And to stand ready and to increase your employability, to learn new things, to stay hopeful. Who wants to hire somebody who isn't hopeful? You're in despair, and then you come into a situation and say, oh, well, I thought he didn't have the right attitude or something like that. And they like people with ideas, working on things. Keeping that spirit alive and well is really important. Does it matter if it's work-related? Yeah, I think anything. And that's the key part. The job shouldn't just define who we are. Right now, I've retired, actually, from the university. I'm an emer in an emeritus position. I'm going through the whole thing of retirement and what's that. Unemployment is similar in a way. Who am I and what am I? And are we letting our jobs define us? Or can we 
become bigger than that. And we find other ways of engaging in the community, engaging in life. And of course, it's tough when people are saying social distance at the same time as we're saying engage. But I think we can engage through Zoom, through a lot of these kind of things, as well as getting involved in new types of activity. One of the other aspects of this unemployment situation is that many organizations that had not previously had layoffs as part of their DNA were forced to lay off folks. Laying off people is one of the hardest things that managers have to do. The implications of those layoffs reverberate throughout the organization. There's the people who remain continue to be affected by it. You've researched this from so many angles. What are the most often overlooked aspects when organizations have to do layoffs? One of the things they often forget about is it isn't just the people who are being laid off. It's the people who are watching them being laid off. And there's always the remnant that stays. And they watch what's happening and they see how they're treated. And they get a sense of, you know, do they care for me or don't they care for me? Do I matter or don't I? Is my loyalty misplaced? You're not just dealing with laying people off. You're dealing with other workers who are looking at this and saying, that could be me. If it's done well, what happens is you not only do right by the people who you're laying off, but you also tighten the loyalty bond with the current employees. They say, oh, they do care for us. And that's something that's often overlooked. You are actually helping your existing workforce through the process of doing the right thing for the others. Practically, what are the kinds of things that you look for in terms of doing the right thing? Setting up the kinds of help through career counseling, career development, offering them support in that way. During the pandemic, people were continuing to pay people even though they weren't working. The encouragement, the conversations that they have with people about why they're going and and looking in on them to see how they're doing, how they're managing. There's a term called mattering that has become, with Black Lives Matter, it's become quite a term, but it's been a term in the literature for a long time, the importance of mattering, making people feel that they're important. And this isn't just saying to people you matter, it's the little actions you do. So that phone call to somebody saying, well, just checking in with you, just want to see how things are going. We still haven't got anything yet, but we are hopeful that something will be opening up again. And if there's anything we can do, just that kind of little expression. And of course, there's the way in which you let people go too, not just saying, well, your job is finished here and things like that, but having that conversation, the expression of empathy. There's a lot of easy bumper sticker conversation around this kind of making opportunity out of adversity. While the core idea is great, keeping positive in the face of being unemployed, yeah. uh, not being clear about your prospects or the economic prospects in general, that is difficult and that is hard and quite hard in a pandemic. In your research, what are the core elements of being able to keep focused and positive? What advice would you give? Well, so much of what we've been doing now is around the idea of hope and helping people to stay hopeful. 
to look at possibilities. And it's not something that you want to deny. I think it's something that you say, yes, it's there. And that's the occasion. It is difficult. I mean, I think we all recognize that it's difficult. But at the same time, I think we have to believe in ourselves, believe in the capacity of the group to reorganize, rebuild the society. It's continuing to give ourselves those kind of positive messages in the face of a lot of, of information that isn't sometimes very encouraging. Is that where the idea of this Hope Central, this group of international unemployment and career experts that have created this Hope Central online support portal came from? Yeah, there's a large company in the United States called Cooter Incorporated, and they've got a program of recovery, a program of interest tests, and a number of different career methods. And they've been very successful, but they realize this pandemic has created something very different. And so they reached out to myself and to others, to my colleagues, Spencer Niles and Jun Yoon, and said, could we build in this hope piece at the front end? We realize that something else needs to happen here. We've been working with them to build a front end to the standard kind of career practice that goes on afterwards as a way to recognize the emotional experiences that people are going through recognize the importance of hope, to build a platform, I guess, so that people can actually start to take advantage of some of these career activities. Do you want to just talk quickly about what's on the website? If people wanted to check it out, what would they find? What you'd find on there is a series of videos, materials to read that are there at the front end before you actually get to the more standard practice that they have at the other. They take you through a process where you can get a better handle on who you are. Now we can sort of start to talk about some of the career interest inventories and so on that might be of help to you. One of the things that you've got coming up is a new book that's going to be coming out later this summer. It really reads like it was written specifically for the last four months. What's called career recovery, if people are looking for it, and it's full of tips and techniques for people who've been affected by job loss through the pandemic. What do you hope that people are going to take away from these resources? The idea of this book, really, we started writing a book and then the pandemic hit and we said, you know, we got to change the focus of what we're writing here and make it really relevant to what's happening. We took a lot of our career activities, career ideas, and kind of shifted them into that perspective. And we actually had a publisher, Cognella, that were really helpful with that and move it towards something I think that could be useful to people who are working in this area, as well as to unemployed people themselves. This is about things you can do, activities you can try, tips that'll help you get through this part. And we're hoping that we're coming out at the right time with a product that is going to be generally helpful. Give me one tip that you would give to someone who's faced with a layoff. I guess the first thing is to be easy on yourself. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the doing. What are we going to do now? What we need to focus on is our being, who we are. Step back. Instead of jumping into the crisis, step back. 
there's a metaphor I use called the backswing. In order to move anything forward, you first have to go backwards. Instead of jumping into an action, take a moment and pull yourself back. If you think of it, take a nail and put it into it, you got to move backwards. If you've got a broom, you move backwards. This idea of the backswing, to move back, to sort of remember, what have I done? Who am I? What are the things? To take a moment of quietness before all the flurry of activity and to sort of get a direction. So that natural tendency that we have to jump into action, to say, no, before I do that, let's just step back. Let's make this a targeted approach, not just taking a resume and shooting it out to 500 people, but who do I really want to send this to? How have I got it just the way I want it? Can I tailor it to make it more specific to the person I'm sending it to? How can I better prepare myself? Get a handle on the skills I have, the kind of things that are transferable into the motion forward. We've had quite a lot of research at the conference board as it relates to the future skills and the future employment skills that people need. You yourself have been quite critical of a traditional career guidance or a career counselor. How do you think that career advisors need to evolve to better match the job market and career paths of the future? Well, I think it needs to start at the top. As well as the people delivering the service, I think it needs to start just one step back from that in terms of the vision they have for what is possible. I mean, one of the things that I think people are having to learn now is that we can do a lot of things online. A lot of things that people never thought we could do online. We have to learn to be more engaging and create activities that aren't just two people sitting in an office. When I'm working, I have people walking in the room. They walk the problem. Make it active. Make it interesting. That's the kind of more energetic, active, creative kind of work that we need to do. But it also needs to be supported by someone who has a vision for that and doesn't overload people with lots of bureaucratic mumbo-jumbo. One of the words that's not mumbo-jumbo, but it is one of those interesting ideas, is career flow. Many people are familiar with the concept of flow as it relates to tasks. You get into a flow state and a task can just whip right by. Eight hours disappears. Not so familiar with the idea of career flow as that works. What do you mean when you're talking about finding a career flow? What we've discovered is that we can learn a lot about ourselves by understanding those moments, those peak moments when we are just in the flow, whether it's in a career sense or otherwise. When you are doing something that is totally engaging, time flies by and things like that. And if we analyze what's the elements there, what's actually happening, you can pick out lots of different interests and values and skills, personality traits that might be applicable in something quite different. I might talk about playing hockey and yet, you know, the way I'm strategizing and the way I'm backing up and the way in this and that, all of that has to do with 
my career planning, development, and so on. It really is taking these moments, these peak moments, studying them and helping people understand that there's some things in there that really are transferable. I worked with a fellow who was a national curler and, you know, totally at a loss about how he's going to strategize and things like this. And once you start talking about curling and some of these games he was in and the strategy, you know, like his ability to figure things out. And I said, we have to take some of that same elements and apply it to the career process. Suddenly he knew exactly what to do. It's more than just avoiding meetings, right? It's, it's about. Yeah. Yeah. People can find flow and should find flow in all their activities in life, but certainly within career. And this is what we should be seeking in our careers is what are those moments when we, not that we can just get it done, but we get it done. And it's, if we're not having that kind of very excited element to our career, then maybe we should be looking for something else. What is it that we need? What is it that would really put us on fire? And what is it that you're doing? What it makes it so enjoyable leading up to it, what happens afterwards, etc. If you take all of those elements and you start really pulling them out, and that's something a good career development practitioner can help you do, how to dissect that, you start saying, oh yeah, I got this is, so this is who I am. If you were thinking of other things that you were going to do, you would use that as your plan of what you're looking for. Where can I get more of this? Who will pay me for this? What brought you to dedicating your life to helping people manage their careers? I mean, I've thought about that a lot in terms of some of it is just, of course, being at the right place at the right time and having the federal government looking for somebody to do some work and so on. But I think it comes down also to my father. When I was in high school, my father was suddenly unemployed. He worked for the CPR and he was a ticket agent, but he was more than a ticket agent. He became almost like one of the first travel agents. And he was sending people all over the world and doing something more than just sending them on train trips. He was booking hotels in Italy and all this kind of stuff. And very exciting, very great feeling for him. And then the CPR decided to cut back on all the small town rail stations and centralize everything. I was born and raised in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. And in Swift Current was just too small for that. So it all pulled back to Winnipeg. They just closed that off. It was really an unfair piece. Threw our whole family into a disorganization and I've often thought it's that kind of experience with, that I went through that made me feel that this is really important work, something to engage in. And it has allowed me to express my own creativity and imagination in that process. I think there are millions of people who are going through similar situations right now in terms of watching their family get disrupted by some of these things. What makes you optimistic as we enter the recovery stage? Well, I would look at that term optimism, I guess, and start by saying I'm hopeful first before I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that we can actually learn from this. We can personally learn what's the kind of world we're creating. I mean, we have a very interesting, very challenging opportunity now to look at what our world might look like 
we've just stopped. Everything has stopped. And you see the skies are bluer. At a climate level, things have changed in terms of who we are. It's given us a chance to sit back and find out who are we, to take that reflective backswing that I talked about. A lot of people don't get that opportunity to take that backswing. They're so busy doing that they never get a chance to pull back. We've had a chance to do that. And I would hope that in going forward, we could take some of that knowledge and apply it to not just let's find that old normal again, but maybe to the creation of a new normal, the creation of a world where there is more attention to the quality of life, to the the ways of working and not just going to a job, but maybe we can find things where we can do some more at home and some a blended approach where we're more open to those ideas. That's the hopeful part of me. The optimistic part, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I do hope it happens and I would like it to happen and I would like to be part of that process. But whether it will happen, I think it's too early to tell. Norman, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate your insights on helping people to understand what it's like to go through an unemployment situation and how they can focus on maintaining hope. It's been great. Thank you so much, Norman. Thanks for having me here. You've been listening to Bright Future by the Conference Board of Canada. This series is produced by Jen DeHamel. Nancy Nguyen is our audio engineer and Andy Joy is our writer. Ideas were contributed by Rob Collins and Aaron Brophy. I'm Michael Bassett, and I'm the host and executive producer for this series. The views expressed by our guests are theirs alone and do not reflect the conference board's opinion. For more podcasts, videos, commentary, and ideas, visit conferenceboard.ca.